0: The reading this morning is from Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11, found on page 812 of your pew Bible. Before we read scripture, let us pray. God our Father, giver of all good and perfect gifts, open our hearts to your Spirit that we may understand the word you have given us, all to your glory, and in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? The word of God for the people of God.
1: We had a good time at the Together for the Gospel Conference, fun time, lots of excellent preachers and enjoyed that. And some of you will understand that I might use wider hand gestures because John Piper was one of the preachers and um, it might have rubbed off a little on me, so some of you have experienced that. Good to uh, sit and uh, receive a word and and to to, um, be fed, so um, enjoyed that trip. We're... Before we get into our next series of um, Book of the Bible, we're going to take a few um, Sundays to look at prayer. And this morning, we're going to look at uh, one of the things is that when we pray, we need to remember to whom we're praying. Uh, You know, if you were to um, go ask for a loan, you would approach that in a different way than if you were chatting with a neighbor that you hang out and watch ball games with. Um, you you kind of remember who you're talking to at certain times, and we can very easily, I think, have our focus in prayer on our prayer list and the things we're asking. We can pray in ways that we um, are really kind of caught up in, in thinking about what we're praying about, that we forget the God whose name we call when we go and say, our Father, God, and so I want us to look at uh, three things about this from this, this passage in Matthew. Jesus kind of reminds us something, well, about God's nature, uh, our relationship with this God, and the character of this God. So when we pray, we need to keep these things in mind, and it might be a helpful thing just as, as you take a moment before praying anytime to keep in mind the one that we're talking to um so the the first thing we want to look at is um he says, if you um you know ask for um if a son asks for bread, will you give him a stone? Um, our father gives us good gifts our the nature of God is that he is almighty he's all powerful, he is unlimited, he is a God without uh, restraint, therefore. When we pray, we ought to remember that God is able to do all that we can ask. In fact, more than we can ask or even imagine. God is a God who is capable of doing things because He is almighty and He's all-knowing and He knows how best to answer our prayers so that when we seek and we knock and we are looking for God and these blessings, He is able to give us these things. When we look at the nature of this God, there, there's a few things that we, we know about him. He, it says he is God. He does not change. He is an unchanging God. And so I want us to address one thing that I think sometimes we get hung up on is, have you ever thought, well, if God plans everything, whatever my God ordains is right, if God knows everything and he's got his perfect plan and perfect will, why should we pray? Does it do anything? Are we uh, making God change His mind? Are we bargaining with God? Is God going to do something that would not happen otherwise if we had not prayed? God is unchanging, and that's a good thing because that means there's nothing He needs from us. He's going to give us what's best for us, not something that, that is um, because He's not seeking our approval. He's not seeking our worship. He's not seeking these things because He needs them. It's because we need them. And even though God is certainly sovereign and God has all things laid out, one of the things we see in Scripture and one of the things that we confess is God does everything or not everything, God does many things through people's efforts, through people's prayers. In other words, He uses things to work about His will. God doesn't use us like puppets. God doesn't just make things happen apart from us. And so we pray for healing, but we say take the medicine because God's going to use that medicine for the healing. We say take the, we're going to pray, but it's not a lack of faith to ask the doctor to use anesthesia and go to medical school and things like that. It's praying that God uses all those gifts He's prepared and using them to bring about that healing. And so in the same way, prayer is part of that. God uses means. We we, we believe we, we have to share the gospel. We, we have to you know, we, we don't just pray for the person with the, the flat tire. We go and we help them. We, we don't just pray for the person who needs food. We invite them to the food pantry, and we pray that God answers those prayers using your gifts and using our efforts to serve others. In the same way, He uses our prayers as part of that in a way we don't understand, but, but we don't have to understand it. All we have to understand is the God who says, I do not change, is also the God who taught us to say, "Give us this day our daily bread." All we have to know is the God who um, is is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The one who is light, in whom there is no shadow of turning, is the same God who has called us to seek and knock and ask. And He uses that seeking and that asking and knocking to work in our hearts as well as to do the things He is working to do. The other thing I would, I would show us in this is that this God is eternal. He's almighty. He's all-knowing. He's eternal. He's outside of time. You know what that means? You might roll your eyes when somebody's praying that God would give them a parking spot close to the front. Such a little insignificant prayer. We might kind of grin at the child who's asking that God will bring the lost pet back home. But there's no little prayers. Little would only be if you didn't have time to deal with it. If it's only a matter of priority. That is, if, if we think God only needs the big prayers, let's, let's pray for world peace, let's pray for this thing here, let's pray for um, this terrible disease, God's eternal. He has all the time in the world to listen to every concern you have. And anything that is important to you, anything that is keeping you awake, that's kind of just gnawing at you, you might look and you might say, you know, I have this, but I look at so many other people around me and they're going through really difficult times. I don't want to bother God with my insignificant need of this person is really trying my patience there's no little prayer because God has all the time in eternity to listen to you with everything. He, he ha, he's able to give every amount of resource to bringing our dog Scout back home as he does solving any problem in the world because he has all the time. Keep that in mind if you think that your concern is too petty for God. The third thing is that God is almighty. He is able to do whatever he wills and purposes, and this is good news. Now, I think we, we often think about, yes, God is capable of healing things. God is is capable of, of um, um, keeping us safe and, and things like this. But I want to remind you also that those of you who are, are burdened with... Um, family members, and loved ones that you are worried about and concerned about, the king's heart is a stream in the water of the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he will. That, that, that we can pray trusting in God to reach those that we look and we say, I don't know if there's any hope left. That we, we can trust a God to bring others to trust in him and to know him. So don't give up praying. Don't give up loving. We, we should remember that one of the great leaders of the church was a man named Augustine. He um, just was one of the giants of the faith. He came to faith very much because of his mother Monica's continued prayers As he went and lived a life of hedonism, as he went and got caught up in all sorts of philosophies, his mother Monica continued to pray and never gave up and led him to come and not only to come faith, but to be used by God in amazing ways. God is almighty. God is sovereign even over a stony heart. So we trust in him to be almighty over all things and to know that he is capable of praying. Let me just... Quickly say, I think there's a temptation that we, we look at people who kind of come in and they're very Christian and they look kind of nice people, and we say, Oh, you know, I think um, we almost doesn't, don't think it takes much effort for God to convert them. And then we look at someone who's hostile to the faith and, and we, they seem to be living in a way that's far from God. It can be very easy for us to think, Well, man, that's going to be a lot harder for God. It is no less a miracle for God to turn a self righteous religious person to true faith. As it is the prodigal son. God is sovereign and able and capable of working with anything that we, we are asking. But the second thing is, we, we remember the relationship. Not only is God able to give good gifts to his children, they are his children. We remember that our relationship with God is not that he is Bette Miller's blasphemous God from a distance, he is your father. He is your good Father if you are in Christ. This is key. I mean, doesn't he say, if we being evil know how to good gifts, doesn't our Father do our Father in heaven knows how um, to do even more? It would be helpful to get back on where that passage is. We are not by nature God's children. I think we... we we sometimes, like Barney Fife, use the term all God's children to refer all of humanity. We um, kind of think of everybody as just a child of God. And there's a sense in which, yes, God has created everyone. God has made all things. And so in that sense, yeah, kind of. But, but the Scripture is also very clear that we are by nature children of wrath, that we are by nature in Adam. We are rebel, rebels against God. We don't want God. We do not come to him as a father. We come to him as a king that we have committed treason against. And so one of the great doctrines and comforting doctrines of Scripture is, like Romans tells us, the Spirit gives us a spirit of adoption, that we who are not children by nature have been made God's children because of what Jesus has done on the cross. Jesus, his true son, takes all of our guilt and takes it to the cross so that by trusting in Him, we unite ourselves with Him in faith. And so all of my junk in my life is taken to Him, and all His righteousness is given to me, but also His status as a son is given to us, so we become daughters and sons by adoption, and so that our relationship to Him is now that we cry out, our Father. That's who He is to us. He is our Father. Let me suggest that Maybe some of you pray and you don't feel like your prayers go higher than the ceiling. If you are not trusting in Jesus, if you've not put your faith in Christ and what He has done, you cannot approach Him as Father because you have not taken care of the most fundamental issue, and that is turning away from trusting anything other than this God who would have you call Him Father and start with, Loving Him and turning to Him and trusting in Him. You know, I just think that sometimes if, if the, the people come in and the, they haven't taken that first place of trusting in Jesus and they wonder why there's no prayer and there's nothing answering prayer. And the, I almost kind of think of the image of you're coming to one and asking for scraps and he invites you to his table to feast and banquet. And until you get that where you're living and you're part of the family, you're not receiving the, the real gift he offers because you're asking for all these things. God, make my life easier. He'll this, do that. And the thing that God wants to give you above everything else is himself. And until you have him and until you have that relationship with him through Jesus, that you, there, there isn't a relationship as a father. But if you are trusting in him, If you are looking at him and says, I can't believe it, but in spite of what I've done, I trust that he has taken my sin to the cross. You come to him not as a stranger, not even as a servant, but as a daughter or a son. What would you not ask from your parents? What would you not ask from your father if he was able to give? And he being a good father who doesn't give you a stone when you ask for bread. I love your children. I delight in watching them act up and run around and play with each other and have fun and recite things and and refuse to admit to any sin they're being asked about. I love your children. I love watching them grow up. I delight in them. I, I want the best for them. But it's not like my love for my son. And... My pride for my son. Now, I'm proud of your kids, and I love to, and I'm, I'm encouraging, but he can ask me for things that no other kid can ask for. That's how God looks at you. He has a love for you that he doesn't have for just Because people exist, he has a love for you that is beyond your imagination where he wants to see your best, he wants to see everything good for you, he loves you more than you can imagine, and he wants you to ask for good things, and he's ready to give you good things. When you come to God, you're not asking a stranger to do something he's unwilling to do and you're trying to talk him into it, you're asking your daddy to give you what he wants to give you. Remember God's power, but remember his relationship of a heart that has called you to be his own and made you his son and wants to give himself to you. And if you have not called on him and received him, I pray that you would do that today because he invites you into his family and wants to make you a son or a daughter through trusting in him, through trusting in Jesus. The third thing is God's character. This is kind of the main point of Jesus's message. if we um, I'm going to paraphrase that evil is dumb, grumpy, limited, selfish parents can give good gifts to our children. We would not give a stone if they ask for bread or a serpent if they ask for a fish. He's saying, does not God give good gifts? How often do we look at God and do we, we think you know God could do this but As much as I've stumbled and as much as I've screwed up and the way my life's going, does he really want anything good for me? Does he really want to give something good for me? He is willing. He wants to give you good things. God is not stingy. God is not uncaring. God is not insensitive to your needs. A father who sends his own son to the cross, will he not give us all things in him? Can he show his love any more than sending Jesus so that when you come to him and pray for him and you ask things, you know that he wants to give you, that he's willing to give. He's willing to pay the cost of his own son's blood to give you what is best for you. And so as we ask and as we seek and as we knock, what he truly gives us, because he is all-knowing and because he wants what's best for us, is he's given what we're truly asking for. Sometimes what we're praying for it seems like our prayers are not answered. But if He knows all things, He is answering in ways that we would want if we knew what God knows. That, that we, we might feel like God doesn't answer our prayers. And we, we think He doesn't really want my best. But in those moments, though we can't see the way, though we can't see the answer, though we don't see why our prayers don't seem to be answered, we can trust that indeed everything is working for your good. And though we can't see it now, we can trust his goodness because how would a father who would not give up his own son withhold anything from you? Trust in this God who is able to do all things, who is your father if you come to him through Jesus, and who is willing to give you more than you can ask or imagine. Would you please stand and let us profess what we believe through the words of the Apostles' Creed.